Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. I think most of us would agree that teens tend to struggle a lot with identity. Uh, The big question is how can you and I as moms and dads help them through that time? I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, and last time we learned that actually we can't help our kids too much or swoop in and rescue them too much because that disrupts natural consequences and natural development. But Danny, uh, I think we parents can at least help our kids feel like they belong within our family. That's something you affirm time and again, that we accept and love our kids just as they are, prickly pears that they may be. Um, sometimes that alone can kind of reduce some of the behavioral issues we talked about last time, right? Very definitely, uh, John. It, the, the sense of belonging can create a, a, a loyalty to the, to the group they're a part of, and it can calm down the need for defensiveness and other things that they may be use, using in order to maybe prove a point or gain control and as a parent, if you can take away the, the, the personalness of, of what they're doing, not mm. taking it so personally, yeah. but looking at the fact that they're still wrestling on how to manage emotions and feelings and in the sense that maybe they're not competent at something or maybe they don't feel a sense of worth or, or maybe they don't feel like they belong somewhere, all these insecurities. As a parent, you get to dive into those places with them. So if you can step back from the current situation and see they belong in this family. What can I give them in the moment non-verbally to help them feel Hmm. like I'm here with them? Yeah. And now, you know, I may have to put a boundary and that's okay. I may have to have some rules or, or, or come back with something that they may not like and that's okay. But I also need to be sensitive on the other side. And that's where your eyes, your face, your body posture, the way your emotional world's going that's what's going to give them a sense of I'm really cared for or cared about rather than now we're on a defensive match between the two of yeah, us. Yeah, that, that kind of escalates and usually doesn't end well. Not well. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dr. Kathy Cook spoke with Jim Daly and me about kids' needs and parents' roles, some boundaries. And uh, here now to start that conversation is Jim Daly. Welcome back, Kathy. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you. Thank you. Man, I just always want to rush right into the questions with you because you're so <laughs> full of wisdom in this regard, oh, and you've thanks. done this. You have a PhD in uh, educational psychology. It was Purdue, right? Right. Oh, man, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. But what you've learned, how you've applied it, just to give that perspective to the listeners, you've interviewed and spent time with literally hundreds and thousands mm-hmm. of kids mm-hmm. and their parents, and their too, parents, right? trying to figure out and diagnose what's going on. So you've mm-hmm. seen it and you've done it. You're a practitioner. And that's what makes us so helpful. Uh, we left off last time about to talk about the five uh, core needs. Mm-hmm. So let's run through those. That's a good place to kick off today. What are the five core needs? Right. Um, security. Who can I trust? This is for the child. For the child. Okay, that's good. Security. Who can I trust? Right. And then we move to identity. Identity. Who am I? And then we get to belonging. Who wants me? Do they want to be wanted by you? Do they mm-hmm. want to spend time with you? So, Dr. Kathy, that's security, identity, belonging. What's the fourth one? Purpose. Why am I alive? Mm. And kids who don't know why they exist don't need to be good at anything. And so rather than stickers and rewards and the threat of a negative consequence, sometimes it's just, you know, why are you alive today? You know, Samantha, what, what do you think your purpose is? And if you can help kids plug into why they were created for such a time as this, 
they can now discover that algebra matters or obedience matters or a clean room matters. Right. That is that's good stuff. And then the fifth one. Competence, what do I do well, which comes right from purpose. If I don't have a purpose, I don't need to do well at anything. So again, kids who you know are capable of more and aren't showing you more, whether that's academics or attitudes or character or obedience in the home and chores, sometimes the lack of competence is a lack of purpose, a lack of belonging, a change in identity, and a lack of security. And it's not necessarily study more. It's going back down that pyramid, if you will, and figuring out where the disconnect is. Well, those are good. And of course, you've covered that in other broadcasts Mm -hmm. that we've had these five core needs. But let's move now to that parenting aspect you're mentioning. And I think this is great, too. In this new book you have, Start With the Heart, you talk about four distinct roles that parents have. What are they? Yeah, this is fun. We have to be teachers, um, even if we don't get paid for it, okay? We've got to be <laughs> you teachers. You definitely won't get paid no. for it. But you know what, guys? We have to explain and demonstrate and use vivid language and teach. You know, telling a kid to make a bed is different from teaching a kid how to make it. Mm. Seriously? Yeah. And when you say to a child, clean your room, the kid is like, whoa, there's toys and clothes and a bed and a dresser top and the windowsill and there's the bottom of the closet and the top of the closet. And she said, I had to clean my room. That's good. You no, know, how do I do that? So have yeah. I taught them to be successful? All right. And then to be a coach. I'm a former coach. I used to break a coach breaks a complex task into um, minute details. As an example, as a basketball coach, I never let my girls run and dribble until they could dribble standing still. Right. And I never let them be defended or have somebody try to steal the ball until they had learned to dribble and run pretty well successfully. Right. I never let a girl do left handed layups who couldn't do right handed layups if she was right handed. A coach or a music teacher tends to divide a complex task into um, separate skills and practice those skills in isolation and then put it all together in the big picture. Let's be a coach. You want your kid to write an essay? Oh, my goodness. There's word choice, spelling, sentence structure, paragraph breaks, content. There's an introduction. There's a conclusion. To say write your essay, no, coach them in how to write it. Coach them in how to sweep out the garage. Hmm. Sometimes, you guys... They have such a heart to be successful, and they're not able to be because we have not played the role that would be a blessing to them. And I say that with great respect for the parents who are really trying to do the very Mm -hmm. best they can. And then the third role is to be a cheerleader. And the most important thing about being a cheerleader is to change the cheer when you must. So if your team is down, like I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. I probably just lost the Uh audience, but I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. used to live there. So the Packers are playing the Bears, and the cheerleaders are there, and everybody's cheering. But when the Bears are down by 31 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Bears cheerleaders are no longer cheering V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. They're still there, and they're still smiling, and they're still building a pyramid, but they've changed the cheer. You have to change the cheer. You have got to stop saying to your child, you can do it if you have no evidence they can. Huh. Because that robs the child of any hope. In the heart of the parent is that they would succeed. But you guys, it's not about your need for them to succeed. It's about who are your children. Change the cheer. Mm. That is well said. Thank you. I have tears in my eyes because what children have told me is, Dr. Kathy, he said I'd have a great year in math again. Does he not understand math is really hard? Yes. Will my daddy, will he ever love me? Mm. Even if I come home with a C? Jim, I've had, you know, I'm tall, I'm 6'1". I've had young people say to me, Dr. Kathy, did your parents ever ask you to be short? Wow. I'm like, well, that's, no, they would never ask me to be short. They knew I'd be tall. And I've had kids say, well, my parents want me to, like, earn an A, and I think I'm a permanent C, like you're permanently tall. Wow. How do you answer that question? I ache with them. I hug them. I always respond emotion with emotion. I am so sad. And I'm so sorry. 
Your parents mm-hmm. want the best for you. Help them understand you are working your very best. Yeah. So to try to empower the child to speak up bravely when possible. So hit those three again, and what's yeah. the fourth? So um, to be a teacher, to be a coach, and to be a cheerleader. Um, no great team will win with just a cheerleader. Yeah, right. Some parents are only cheerleaders. Fabulous. You've done great. And they've got to back up and teach. And the fourth one is be a referee. Oh, man. Shoot. That's well, a fun job. No, it's not. You know, but be <laughs> That's a parent. That's not is my point. Yeah, you know, be the parent and blow yeah. the whistle and call sin, sin. You're out of bounds. Keep your hands to yourself. But here's the thing, guys, and you know this. You've parented a long time. When we teach, coach, and cheer well, we won't have to ref as often. Mm. And a parent who's refing all the time, nagging all the time, yelling all the time, back it up and see what role you could play instead so that you don't wear the ref nag role because that's what's damaging the relationship and now they don't want to listen to you. I really appreciated what uh, Dr. Kathy Cook is saying there, that that interference that we as parents just naturally want to do when our kids have problems or they're arguing or whatever's going on, um, that swooping in to bring peace to our world doesn't always cause our kids to feel like, yeah, I've got a relationship with you or that I'm loved or that you think I can do this. Um, I think I've shared before, Danny, of our five adult kids, every one of them is rather fiercely independent. <laughs> and they've they've almost each one of them said, well, you raised us to be independent. So you That's know, a lot of fun, don't you bug know. out when I, <laughs> when I don't ask you for help. It's like, but I, I could have helped you reduce some strain in life, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we had a situation where one of my daughters... It's the summertime, and her car needs tires. Winter is coming. She still hasn't gotten tires. I said, you should get tires. I don't have time. Okay, big snowstorm comes. And she's out there driving around (laughs) bald tires. And I'm thinking, okay, well, natural consequences. If she can't get to work, that's not my deal. Um, The problem is she blew a tire out, uh, one of those bad tires. And my wife had to redirect much of her day so they could go get tires, so she could rescue the child and help her out. Now, do you think my wife should have just said, you know, Dad told you to get new tires. Let me know how it works. It's tempting to do that, isn't it, John? (laughs) That doesn't feel like it's going to help her feel part of the family, though, right? Right. I mean, she's going to resent us if we don't help. How do you navigate that? Yeah, there, there has to be some conversation on what happened, what led up to that day, and also some awareness given to the child on what this has created for the parent for that day. Yeah. Hey, my plans were this, and there's a ripple effect when we don't plan ahead. And th- those are great conversations. Not to shame her, hmm. it's to help her see and have awareness. A bald tire is not only going to impact you, it could impact a parent, it could impact uh, your employer uh, because you, you weren't responsible in taking care of that. It's so, just helping her see there's a ripple effect yeah. to these things. So should I tell her to make sure she has a good, uh, a properly set up Uber account if she finds herself stranded because the new tires blow out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, just helping her kind of plan ahead for the next yeah, one. A lot yeah. of times they do get it. And I remember recently my, my son from that coaching perspective. Yeah, that's, I was going to ask uh, you about that. Yeah. yeah, we recently I was talking to some, some parents uh, at, a, at a marching band competition and we were reminiscing about the fact that our kids used to wear coats when they were little, uh, when it was cold outside. And now as teenagers, they just decide that, hey, I don't need to wear a coat. I just wear shorts. It's snowing outside and, yeah. and uh, no short sleeves. And that is a, a definite opportunity for coaching because you, usually you'll have a kid come up. And we had this happen at the marching band competition. He was shivering. He said, I'm super cold. 
And the question is, well, what do you think you would need for that? <laughs> well, uh, Captain know, Obvious. I, 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 we, you know, I needed a coat. And my son wasn't the one, but I, I, I really appreciated the, the way that the parent handled it. Very sensitive, said, yeah, you must be cold. Um, what do you think you, you could have packed differently? And he just he said, well, coat would have been good. So it's, it's just really the, the, the fact is as parents, we help kids process maybe some decisions that didn't go as well. And the, the temptation is to go to shaming because we feel we're right, and that's not productive when we're talking to our kids yeah. from a coaching perspective. Yeah. Well, I appreciate very much um, your delineation there. And there's more on Dr. Kathy Cook's uh, perspectives regarding the roles of parents and the boundaries we need to have. Get her book, Start With the Heart, and you're going to find yourself uh, drinking in and referring back to that book time and again. Dr. Cook has such great insights, especially if you're struggling with a child who is acting out or maybe you're a single parent juggling so much and you just, it's so hard. Well, let us send a copy of the book to you. Uh, It'd be our thank you gift if you can make a generous donation of any amount, um, either a monthly gift uh, to become a sustaining member of the Focus on the Family family or a one-time gift. And you'll find details about donating, uh, about help for your family and that book on our website, and we've got the link in the episode notes. Next time, uh, how to become a prayer warrior for your kids. Um, We're going to hear from Jeannie Cunyon. It's really good. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm -hmm.